Praise God. Shout out, amen. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 18, verses 18 and 19. My objective today is to teach. I want you to go with me. I want you to write it down. I want you to get what, what I want. I mean, just absorb everything today. I'm not going to run up and down the, the aisles. I'm going to teach. This is a teaching moment. So I want you to learn because God wants you blessed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Uh, I know God wants to pour into you amazingly. Somebody say amen. amen. So last night I was going to go to bed. This is like, I was trying to explain this to Brother Richard. First of all, I want you to know, we all had New Year's yesterday and everybody's tired. Who's tired? Who stayed up all night other than Brother Vince and Miss Megan? I saw your thing last night. You guys were up like, how did you make it? Lord Almighty. You had, you had got done with that at what, midnight, one o'clock in the morning? And then drove here, spent the night, and here you are trying to sing? Well, we're grateful. So I thought, I'm going to go to sleep early. But I'm, you know, I'm a huge football fan, so I watched the first game, and, you know, I'm, you know, glad TCU won. Then I, I'm going to, I'm not going to stay up for Ohio State. I'm just going to, like, like, I just have to catch the score afterwards. So I go to bed in the fourth quarter. And I can't sleep, can't sleep. Brian has said, will you wake me up in the fourth quarter? Or will you come get me so I can come out there and watch the game? Well, I'm not worried about him. I got to sleep. But I can't sleep. And so finally, I'm at the end of the game. And I hear Stephen in the living room. He's out there. And it's, you know, because you want to celebrate, you know, New Year's. And my wife and I was just going to wake everybody up. We were all going to kiss and then go back to bed. You know, because I got to preach on Sunday morning, but I can't sleep. So I hear Stephen in the living room. We're down to the last kick. Few seconds left. Ohio State can win the game. I now, if you don't care about football, I'm sorry, I do. So I, I, I go out there. I said, Stephen, let's watch the last. Let's, let's watch. Let's. So we're watching this, and all of a sudden, Ohio State misses the kick. Yes! There are no Ohio State fans in this room, right? You! I'm, I can't rebuke that, can I? I, they went, and I'm, we're screaming out there, Brian, Stephen and I are like, yes, yes, they missed the kick. And Brian comes running out of his room, he's like, I thought y'all were going to have me watch this with y'all in the fourth quarter. I said, well, they'll do a replay. All of a sudden, Emily comes running out of the room, she says, is it New Year's? <laughs> and I'm like, no, they just kicked a field goal. She runs back to her room. My wife asked me this morning, why didn't you wake me up? I thought you wouldn't care about the kick. So anyway, I, I was up late. So everybody stretch your hands and say, have strength, Pastor <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually feel great. Hey, we have South Carolina's new quarterback in the house today. Huh? I know you hate this. Every time you come, I have to embarrass you because I absolutely love this guy. Stand up, Lenoris. Come on, man. South Carolina's going to win now. Come on. The new quarterback for South Carolina. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote him a little note. I told him, I said, there's a couple things. Number one, you get to see your mom and dad a lot, your grandfather a lot, and you'll still be able to come to church some. Isn't that great? Amen. <laughs> Amen. You're there, Matthew 18. This is an important scripture, and we're going to read it in just a second. First of all, I want to tell you about what the Bible says about New Year's. The Bible is clear that we could have moments in our life that are definable, times. That we can set aside times and make changes 
in times. And it's clear in the Bible that, that we have this ability to designate moments as important. And I want you to say, I want to say this to you. Every year I designate New Year's as a day to reproclaim my relationship with the Lord. I declare it the best year of my life. I set it aside on that day. That's a day. And I say the old one's gone, the new one's just it, it really is just a day in a calendar. But it can be designed by you to mean something special. And for all of you in this room, for everybody in this room, this is a brand new year, and you have the right to design a new year in a new way. Somebody say amen. I want you to know something. I believe this with all my heart. It's your best year yet. Come on, if you really believe that, I want you to shout out, I believe that. There'll be more business opportunities, more prosperity, more faith, more healing, more blessings. I'm I'm just telling you, this is your year. Somebody ought to shout this out. This is my year. Come on, this is my year. I know God got you to hear and all the stuff. You know, we've gone through things. Everybody goes through stuff. The, many are the afflictions of the righteous. And that goes through it. We went through it in 2020, 2021, 2022. You're going to go through it in 2023. But the best part of that is, he says, that the afflictions may come, but the Lord will deliver us out of them all. Point to the good stuff and say, look what the Lord has done. You didn't do it. He did it. Somebody say Amen. God gave you favor, he gave you blessing, he put his hand on you, he anointed you, he anointed your kids, he anointed your family, he put his hand on your car, he watched over you at the stoplight, he kept you in the grocery store. Come on somebody say, I'm still breathing. The Bible says it this way, heaven done all to stand, just stand. Somebody ought to shout out, I'm standing man. Come on everybody, I'm standing this morning. It's my year. Come on, somebody. It's my year. This is just day one of the best year of my life. Come on. Every day is going to get better. The sun's going to shine brighter. Things are going to look different. People are going to accept me. People are going to receive me. Doors of opportunity will open. Increases coming. Somebody shout out. Increases coming. I'm not done yet. You're not shouting enough. You're not praising God enough. The windows of opportunity are right in front of you. I want you to know right now, the days ahead are brighter than the days behind. Your brightest days are in the future. Your brightest days are starting today. This is the day that the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad. Somebody ought to be glad in this house. I'm not getting enough glad yet. I'm not getting enough hallelujah yet. Some of y'all are still sitting because you don't know what God's got in store for you. If you just knew what God has. I'm not done yet. You ought to praise him a little bit more. Come on, somebody. Come on, we got minutes. Come on, we got minutes. We got minutes. Come on, somebody shout it out. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Blessed coming in. Blessed going out. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm over and not under. I am the righteousness of God. Where are you? Where are some of you? Come on now. 
I see my bank account full. I see all my bills paid. I'm paying some stuff off. I see my health restored. I see my healing in advance. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Y'all have to understand how excited I am about Agreement Sunday. Because we've set aside a day. And this is what he said. He says, if any two of you gather, there am I in the midst. I know he's in me. I know he lives in me. But the Bible says that we, we have times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. There are times not only that he's in me, but he comes on me. Somebody say amen. Aren't you glad for the times when he comes on you? We need those times. We've set aside this date, the 15th, as a day when we're going to stand in agreement. And why are we doing this? Why is Pastor Stephen Miss Amy praying? Well, number one, I believe the highest form of agreement there is is a family member or a marriage, a wife or a husband, agreeing with each other. We have commonalities. How can two agree lest they walk together? There's something about walking together. So I would say that would be a, a primary place of agreement. Husbands, wives, and family. Your mom praying with you. Sister or brother praying with you. Wife or husband praying with you. Children praying with you. And we stand in agreement. Where two of you are, there am I in the midst. He comes in that. I mean, he's not just inside. He comes in that. And so the, the next side of that is that you have authorities in your life. The Bible says that a pastor is to be given double honor. Why is that? Because they are the ones extending the faith to you. It is not the man. I don't believe people come to Family Worship Center because Steve McCart's a great guy. I mean, that's, that's not true. They come because there's a calling, an anointing. It's a gift, a gifting to the church. And when you come, you come to receive from the gift. You come to receive from the gift. And so one of the greatest ways that we can agree or greatest places we can agree shown to us in the Bible is the prayer of agreement with those who have spiritual authority. Fathership, relationship. We do it that way because it's different forms of relationship. We, we, we ex- exercise a relationship spiritually and therefore the gift that you've come for, not the man. I can't give you nothing. Can't give you healing. I can't change your finances. I can't. Uh, save your soul I have Jesus and I give you the word and that does all of that does that make sense but he gave gifts to the church prophets pastors teachers apostles to the church you come and one of the great things we can do is Amy and I as the gift here can pray with you in agreement and over the course of years we've seen it work like look at me I'm more handsome than I've ever been Well, if you knew me a year, you know, last week my wife criticized me that I'm really bad with numbers. I don't know what it is. It's just like, like I quote things and I really don't think about what I'm quoting and I'll say a number. Like last week I said I was 380 pounds. I, I've never been 380 pounds, but it was 280 pounds. Now for a little guy like me at 280 pounds, that's a big boy. And so, so I have been believing for years and January 1st, just like the rest of y'all, I was going to go to the gym every year, bought the, bought the membership. And went for at least 30 days. Nobody got that, but 
<laughs> and it wouldn't work. All those years I have that you guys would always stretch your hands up here. You stretch your hands up past me. Now pray. Speak in the name of the Lord. And I'd make you pray. Make him thin, Lord. He's a thin pastor. Good looking. The good looking part has always worked. Always worked. But all of a sudden, my appetite changed. I, you know, I don't know how to explain this to you. I, got, I, got, I went to Greenville. Uh, Brian's uh, quarterback coach is there, was teaching him there. So we went and stayed in Greenville over the weekend. As I come out of the car, he hadn't seen me for a while, maybe six, eight months. I get out, and he starts yelling, man, you lost weight. You're so thin. You're, you know, and I'm, you know I'm, I'm inflated at the moment. I'm feeling pretty good about that. But I, I had to change things in my body. I had to make adjustments. There are things we have to do on our own to make a difference. And one of the things I had to do was change my appetite. I woke up one morning, and I... I drink Diet Cokes, I've always drunk them, go in the car, buy them at McDonald's, whatever. I drank a McDonald's that morning, and I hated it. And I'm not talking about kind of hated it, I'm talking about hated it. I don't know what that had to do with anything. And then I, my appetite changed, and I couldn't eat anything but a boiled egg. I'd get up in the morning, eat a boiled egg, and I always eat late. Let me tell you something. One o'clock in the morning was my favorite time to eat. Oh, and it wasn't, it wasn't good food. It was ice cream and peanut butter and pizza. All of a sudden, I couldn't eat, pa- eat past 6 o'clock. So now I'm eating boiled eggs. Don't drink diet sodas and stuff. All I'm drinking is water, which at that time didn't like. Anybody like me? You just need a flavor in your water called Coke. <laughs> so, so anyway, my whole appetite has changed. I start losing weight. As a matter of fact, I'm pulling these pants up, and I just bought these pants, so the belt doesn't fit. And for about six months, maybe seven months, all I could do was drink water, live on a new diet plan God gave me, not eat after six. I lost 50, now I'm 50-something pounds, like 52 pounds. Now, let me explain this to you. I've been believing God, and I've been putting that on my agreement card for a long, long time. It never came off the greeting card. Or not the greeting card, the agreement card. And as I kept agreeing with God, it manifested. And I'm going to tell you why, because the word works. I went online yesterday, and there was a Muslim guy. Pretty sure he was Muslim, because everything around him was... uh, was about, was, was Islam, people talking about Islam. And he was coming down hard on faith preachers and mega churches. Like, like he sounded almost scientific the way he addressed it, you know. And so he's coming down on these faith teachers and, 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 and these mega churches. And he goes into details, this guy bought a $7 million house, this guy bought a $67 million jet, this guy's got, you know, Rolexes, three Beamers, you know, or, or uh, I guess the other one had Bentleys, two or three Bentleys, garages, uh, you know, uh, airports that they build, you know, all this stuff, you know. And he's criticizing the mega church as if the message is wrong. They've got the message all messed up. They messed up the message. And the problem with that is 
they judged the character of the individual against the message they preached. Now, I preach salvation, and I preach living whole, and I preach, uh, you know, re- re- reborn, and I preach, I preach uh, changed lives, and I ch- preach all those things. But if I went through every one of your houses and I went through your personal life, we could watch you personally alone, saved people. And we were in your house, we're watching you, you're saved, and we watched you alone. I think pretty much every one of us would pick apart your life to the point that whatever you preached was wrong. I'm just telling the truth because if we went through your life, went through your taxes, went through the way you treated people at the red light when you ran the red light. Come on. Or when they ran the red light and you were the one they shut off. And how you acted at the red light. How sweet and kind. Listen, everywhere I go, I'm sweet, kind, loving, gentle, merciful, peaceful. I I never yell at anyone, ever. That's a lie. And neither do you. You don't live perfect life. The only one that lived a perfect life was Jesus. That's why when he preached the word, it was pure and holy and perfect. And so the person preaching the word... Being not holy doesn't always live up to the example they should in preaching the word. Now, let me say this about these guys that he came against. I'm saying this for a reason, so you get this. We are a church that preaches a faith message. We preach that, that he became through his poor, through his poverty, you could become rich. We preach that by his stripes you were healed. See, when I was growing up, they, they, they preached that, but they didn't really believe it. They would tell you that by Jesus' stripes you're healed if he wants you to like it would be like if it's his will and yet jesus came and died on the cross shed his blood took the stripe so that we could be healed that that is his will come on somebody he wants you healed and whole and well and delivered and blessed i wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers god wants you to prosper he's got a future ahead of you that's full of prosperity and blessing but what you do with it doesn't describe the message it only describes you i don't think anybody got what i said there are preachers they're wearing thousand dollar shoes wearing ten thousand dollar suits i have no interest in thousand dollar shoes I wouldn't go get a $10,000 suit. I'm not mad that they did. It didn't change the message that they put on $1,000 shoes. The reason they're wearing the $1,000 shoes is because it's an example. I mean, for them, I believe they believe in their mind, in their heart, that they have to be an example of prosperity to you to the point that you'll believe the message. And that's fine. I, I I just think if I preach the message, you ought to believe it. Go read the word for yourself. See what it says. You're going to find out I'm right. When you do, live that life. The people in the church ought to be blessed from the top of the... Listen, you are not to do without. You are not to have missing and broken. You're to be full. You're to be overwhelmingly blessed. Jesus came that I might have life and that more abundant. Look at somebody and say, God wants you abundantly blessed. I, didn't, I don't feel like I got enough yes on that. I don't feel like, I, I need more yes. On say, look at somebody say, I think God wants you abundantly blessed. And so he, count, he pointed to those people because they bought a $7 million house. I wouldn't have bought a $7 million house. Maybe you wouldn't have bought a $7 million house. I'm not mad that they bought a $7 million house. But when you work the word and when you know the word and you act out the word, you're going to get the word. 
you're going to get the word. The word's going to come into your life and it's going to do what it said. God does not lie. Listen, you have to understand, if God said it, it is truth. It's not like he looks at it and says something that could be a lie. You understand? I mean, get your concept right. It's not that he looks at the world and goes, uh, you know, uh, Palmetto Street's black. No, he already said, what he said was that there's light, it's going to flood the earth, it's going to give us light. That is what he said, that's what happens, that's what's going to occur. And because he said it, that's why it's light. Had he said anything else, it would have been that. Because truth comes from what he said. He's not going to define truth. He is the truth. Do you understand? That's why when he said you'll prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, that wasn't a question, an infamous idea. It wasn't a thought process. He wasn't hoping that you would succeed. He he is the truth. So when he said you're going to be full of prosperity, that is the word. That is the thing. That is what's going on. That is, we're not trying to make God do anything. He already did all that he's going to do. He's never going to change. He's the same. I'm not getting it. I, he's the same today. Say it again. He's the same. If he said it, that's it. That's it. And so when we come to this prayer of agreement, there's something going on here you have to understand. You you need this concept. And there'll be people, we'll have hundreds of people. You know, literally, there's thousands of people that go to Family Worship Center. They don't all come. But next week, every chair will be full. We almost had to pull out chairs in the second service, and it was full in the first service of Christmas. So they'll come. And, and, I all, and I'm glad they come. I want them to come. And God's mercy is so wonderful. But God expects us to walk by faith and not by sight. He expe- and how does faith come? Faith comes by. And hearing comes. So they'll be sitting on the front seat and they're going to grab one of the envelopes. Hey, maybe you got a pen. As they get up to walk, we, I want this section, you're the next section. You got a pen? I need to write down six things. That, that, that is not an expression of faith. That is not a belief in what you're believing God to do in your life. It is not the extension. And if I took people that, that understand this prayer, this is a form of prayer. This is a form. This is a type of prayer. The prayer of agreement is a type of prayer. Like praying in the spirit, worship, praise. Those are all types of prayer. Uh, consecration dedication type of prayer there's types of prayer and, and and brian playing football over here i've never seen them go out on the football field field or or try to take you know football rules to the basketball court could you imagine the game if you were going up to dunk and a guy took you out on the way to the basket it wouldn't work would it when we don't use correct rules for prayer, it don't work. See, the initial beginning of prayer, the first thing we have to understand in prayer is, and I see people do this all the time, I go to events or whatever, they're afraid, I'm not sure what, and they'll get up there and they pray, oh, Heavenly Father, this long prayer, blah, 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 Africa. Father, for Indonesia and China, and for this football game, in that great name. And I want to jump up and go, Jesus because we prayed to the Father in Jesus' name. 
I want you to say that a lot. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Every prayer is to the Father in Jesus' name. He's the one that brings it to the Father. He's the one that advocates for us. He's the one that's been given. And the Father is the one who, who gives back. He's the one who presents. And so we pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Don't end your prayers with that great name, His Holy Fatherness. End your prayer in Jesus' name. All right, now, I've said that. I'm going to have somebody come pray afterwards, and they'll go, thank you, Lord, for this great service in His name. All right, and then I'm going to get mad and act like a holy Christian. I'm not. Listen, I want you to say this with me. To the Father, in Jesus' name. I want to say it again. To the Father, in Jesus' name. That's every prayer. That's how we pray. To the Father, in Jesus' name. Does everybody understand it? How do you pray? All right. Matthew 13, 51 says this. This is so everybody can understand. Once I teach this, like I said, you're not going to sit there on the day of the prayer and put your list down. You're going to take this week. You're going to seek God. You're going to find word to seat your prayer on. When you do, it's more effective. We're not just relying on mercy. We're coming to God with requests. We're asking him specifically. And we're agreeing that this is going to occur. And we have specific things we're asking him. I'm not saying that you need to look for Cashua Street on your, on your list. But there is a definition. I didn't know we were supposed to build on Cashua Street. But the Lord told me that we were going to build a church. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. I went to Isaiah and he gave me instructions. It didn't say Cashua Street. I'm not looking for Cashua Street. I'm looking for instructions on what I'm believing God for. I should know. Let me go a little further so you'll understand. It says there he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. He could do not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. This scripture is really important because, again, another time I've heard one of these things online where they bashed a preacher and he talking about, you know, the prayer of agreement or this, uh, you know, uh, uh, scripture about faith and believing. and And I would have announced a few things differently than he did. I would have said it in a more faith uh, pronounced way. Well, let me say it this way. Everywhere Jesus went, he healed people. Now, according to Acts, he went about doing good, healing all those that were sick and oppressed of the devil. There was no limit on a Jesus who never changes. Would you agree? That means everywhere he went, every place he went, the power for healing was there. It was there on that day. That power was there. The scripture is clear that the reason they didn't have any mighty works there was because of their... The the problem between the miracles that had happened, everyone was healed in Acts, and this moment was that there was something wrong in them. Now, I'm not suggesting that they went there not believing in Jesus. Because everywhere he went, the power was and healing would be a result of that, that Jesus being in the place. People got healed. People got delivered. Lives were changed. Immediately, Jesus was there. 
But something happened that caused them not to get healed in mighty ways. There were small works. People that would believe in came and got healed. But he could do no great works there because of their unbelief. I'm going to say this. I just think they didn't come. I think that the people that needed the miracles in the wheelchairs didn't roll up to the service. They took for granted the boy from town. They'd seen him play with their kids. They watched him in the mud. And when he came, how could he have these words? Who is this guy? He's just another normal guy. I'm not going to roll up there for him to heal me. They were indignant against him and against what he could do. And so it wasn't that, that, that he couldn't heal people that had those sicknesses. It's that the people that had those sicknesses weren't there. They didn't show up. Does anybody, can you hear what I'm trying to tell you? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, there was something inside of them that caused them not to receive all that he could give them. Do you understand? Now, I'm teaching. I'm going to, if we, I think we have Wednesday night service this week. And since we do, I'll be teaching Wednesday night. The more you get teaching and the more of this faith you get, the stronger your ability to receive is because faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God, and it is with faith that we receive. They didn't have the faith. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that, that it wasn't like some kind of an actions there that caused them not to, because we just think faith is at a moment. But faith is every day. I walk by, that's all the time. That's all the time. My entire idea of life is based on the faith that I have. I have faith. I believe. I'm acting out my faith. And so they didn't come. Let me read you a couple of other versions. We just read the King James. Listen to this one. It says, and he didn't do many mighty works there because they were full of unbelief. The NLT reads this way. And so he did, not, he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. The Message Bible reads this way. But Jesus said, a prophet is taken for granted in his hometown and in his family. He didn't do many miracles there because of their hostile indifference towards him. The CSB says, and he did not do many miracles because they were full of unbelief. Now. If you understand what I'm trying to say to you is that many times we take this Jesus for granted. I didn't get enough shouting on that. How much does God want to do in our lives every single day? How much has he said he would do in our lives every single day? How much has he provided in the word of God? Number one, you ought to know what the word says. But in doing so, do you think he's the reason you don't have it? And when I was growing up, they made it sound like that was the way it was. It was about whether he wanted you to have it or not. The truth is, he wants you to have it. He wants to bless you with it. He wants to provide it to you. He's not the problem. I'm not getting enough shouting. I think everybody in the church should say amen, Pastor Steve. You're struggling. Uh, Let's keep going. You'll love this. This is so good. I'm going to teach so good. Here's what Matthew 18 and 19 says, 18, 18 through 20 says. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It would not be theologically correct if I did did not. I'm not going into this. I don't feel like it. I'm just going to tell you. This this scripture came about uh, dealing with problems. It came about organization. It was about, uh, you know, more than just prayer, but it's, it's bifold. It's a bifold scripture. It has more than one meaning, and it certainly was dealing with church discipline. 
No doubt about it. Now, having said that, 19 says, again, again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth, that's two people on earth, as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. When we agree, we will see. Come on, when we agree, we will see. He will not be the problem about seeing. The message wasn't wrong because they bought a $64 million jet. Certainly they could have spent $64 million on missions and on churches. I think those preachers felt that they needed to make an example so that you would believe the message they were preaching and that's why they did what they did or do what they do. I wouldn't do it. I'd rather build more churches. But the message is right because you can see it work. Having taken away those people, knowing Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's not going to change his mind, when two of you agree, he's going to come in the midst of them, and he's going to make the thing you're agreeing for come to pass. Somebody shout out amen. amen. Life is huge. Certainly there are more things we can believe for. You know, I kind of divide it up. I look at maybe Pastor Steve, me, I want something. Like something for the family, something for the kids. You know, I kind of, you know, I'm trying to look at what I want to believe God for. But these are things that are, that are major. I want, I want major change. Not stupid change. I don't know any other word to put it. When you come with these cards, don't ask God for a Bentley. If you make $29,000 a year. Number one, you don't park your Bentley in your dirt driveway. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being critical here. I'm just saying you can't even afford the tire. If it needs a brake job, what are you going to do? So don't, don't do that. Don't ask ridiculous things. Don't, don't ask, ask things that are going to impact the driveway. Ask that God provide you the money for a, 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 a Bentley. Don't ask for the Bentley. Ask for the ability. Oh, ain't nobody. I'm not getting enough shouting here. Ask God to provide you enough to support it. Amen. Ask God to change some things in your environment. Ask for peace. You know, sometimes peace, money can mean nothing if your house is full of hell. Some of us just need some peace. Not worrying about stuff, not stressing, not feeling like we got to have somebody else make us full. If you're not full on your own, we need to get that straight. I'm enough with Jesus. I can do all things. That might be the greatest word somebody could get in their whole life right there. Sometimes we're just looking for somebody else to fill a problem that we have. We expect somebody else to come into our life. I see men, they run around, they try and find another woman, got to find another woman, got to have another woman, got to have another woman. I got rid of this woman, got to have another woman, got to have... Ain't something wrong with the women, something wrong with the man. I see right there, some of you wives ought to be shouting, yeah! Praise Jesus! You need to ask God for you. There's nothing wrong with asking God for you. Asking God to help you. To satisfy you. 
to help you with your emotions and your your uh, uh, in 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 whatever whatever you have emotional issues you're dealing with insecurities. Somebody ought to say Amen. amen. You and Jesus are enough. Look, I love my wife. Listen, I love I love my wife. My wife loves me. We have a great 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 relationship and here's why she don't need me and i don't need her fact that girl don't need nothing from me she don't need my money she don't need nothing she's got her own education she's got her own ability she's got her own brain she got her own she's just got it together and i don't need her i want her I want that girl. She with me because she want this man. <laughs> she want all this is. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? That in your prayer of agreement, you've got to think bigger than if you need a new car. What's that car going to do? What's it going to provide? What do you need from the car? Somebody ought to say amen. First John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know we have the petitions we've desired of the Lord. Ask anything according to his will. This is what I was talking about. See, the word doesn't change regardless of what the man does. The word that you have will work every single time it is not subject to who it is that has it it is the word and when you have the word you have the answer because if you ask anything don't you say anything you need to get this because if you don't get this you're going to you're going to go through life hoping that god will do it just hoping when somebody gets saved i'm really it's really important to me I always try to tell them, now the Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. If any man opens the door, that he will come into him and he will sup with him and they will sup with him. And so I say, okay, now when we get done, Jesus is going to live in your heart. When we ask Jesus to come into our heart, the Bible says we, if we confess our sins and believe in our heart, then we're going to be saved. Now, here we go. I'm going to pray for you. Now, pray. And then at the end of it, I'll go, now, where does Jesus live? Well, they'll say, uh, 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 Heaven. I know right then. Does anybody understand what I'm just saying to you? That something was missing because if they understood the word, it became revelation to them. They would know that the moment they asked Jesus to come in their heart, that he doesn't live in heaven anymore. He lives in you. All of him lives in you. Isn't that something? And so we're, we're, we're in the same boat with this. That, that the Bible says if we ask anything according to his will, we know. I'm not suspecting he's going to hear me. I'm not wondering if it's going to be passed on. We will know that he heard us. If we know that he heard us, then we know that we will have the petitions we desired of the Lord. The moment you pray. If it was according to his word, and he heard you, you don't leave there hoping 
the list is going to come true. See, you wrote it down because anything we pray according to his, it wasn't your words, it wasn't your will. You have a desire that's in in accordance with his will. And when I pray according to his will, I know. There's no doubt as to whether or not he heard me. I know he heard me. He is the truth. He's not going to be the truth. Don't you get this? Please get what I'm talking about. This is what I was trying to tell you a minute ago. When he says it, it is that. Whatever he says, it is that. It's not going to become that someday, and I hope it works out that way, and maybe it'll arrive. When he said it, it was so. When he said, by his stripes you were healed, it was so. It's not going to become so. So when I pray according to his will, I know he heard me. And if I know he heard me, then I know I can know. Folks, we can know when we pray. We can know when we pray. We can know that we got it if we prayed it according to his will and we knew he heard us. Does anybody hear or know what I'm trying to tell you today? That's what we're going to do when we come up here and pray. We're coming with the word. We're coming with things that are based on the word. I know God wants me to prosper. I know he wants my family at peace. I know he wants me to have a one flesh marriage. I know he wants me to be healed from the top of my head. I, um, I, I probably, I, this is the only way I know to tell it, so I'll tell it any way I can tell it. Y'all know me. You've been around me long enough. Miss Pat came down with stage four liver cancer. Huge, huge tumor on her liver and a tumor in her throat on her esophagus. This is my mother-in-law. When we found that out, I told Amy, I don't know if, he's, if she's got enough faith for this. Now, I'm not talking about just some nebulous idea here. I'm talking about enough word-processed do you understand what I'm talking about? You have to have revelation, not information. Look at somebody say, have, have revelation, not information. Does everybody in this room, you, listen, I, if I can get this in you. See, we, like I said, we had nobody die over COVID. Didn't even have anybody get on a respirator and, over COVID. And I'm going to tell you why. Because we preach a word that people believed. Do you understand? So, months. Three months. Basically what they said. Now, she's going on. A lot longer than that now, as we're dealing with this. Started chemotherapy. You have to walk where people's faith is. That's where we were. That's what she did. When she went for the treatment several weeks ago, the doctors just basically said it didn't do anything. It's not happening at all. And I just kept telling him, we've got to get faith in her. I'm not talking about, when I say that, don't take that the wrong way. What I'm saying is, is a life absorbed by the word that works. Do you understand? Because faith is an action. It's not just a few words that you read by Jesus Christ, I'm healed. By Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, I'm healed. It's walking like you're healed. Talking like you're healed. Acting like you're healed. And so the doctor said, I don't know if it'd do any good. He said, we just, we've tried the radical treatment. We could try it again if you want to try it again. You know, this, that, and the other. I'm just, I, I want to give you a temporary testimony because obviously we still got to work. We still got to go. I've still got to, you know, stay on some form of a, uh, a change in my, uh, my diet so that I can continue to lose the, lose the next level of pounds. But they said, let's put her on the radical treatment. They put her on the radical treatment. The guy said, it's probably not going to work. 
your hair is going to fall out, but if you want to try it, we'll try it. She just went for a test. The chemo or the chemicals that they've given her, thank God for these chemicals, and thank God, has shrunk the tumor on her liver massively, massively. And the thing on her neck they prescribed, they said, has has stopped affecting the neck somehow. Well, you know what she's got? More days. Come on, somebody, more days. We'll take more days. I don't know how many more days, but we'll take more days. Come on, somebody. I'll take some more days. Come on. Listen, I'm glad for New Year. I have described my New Year. I'm going to just tell you right now, this year is going to be the best year I've ever had in my life. It's going to be amazing. I'm just telling you, people are going to pour into this church. They're going to give buildings. They're going to be built. Things are going to happen. Something's going to explode. I mean, I mean, I just, I, my family's going to explode. Life's going to be a blessing. They're going to do things we never thought they could do. People that said no are going to say yes. That's what I believe. And if this year lasted only one more day, I want you to know something. If it only lasted one more day, if it only lasts one more day, I'm going to heaven. And to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. We shouldn't be upset because the best place we could go is heaven. Come on, somebody. One more day. I'll take one more day, one more dollar, one more minute. So many of you are so far off. You're so far distant. Come on. What about right this minute? Take no thought for tomorrow. Tomorrow will take thought for itself. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all. Woo, somebody. This church is filled with people that are going to experience the all of God. I've stood in faith over this church. Just little things. It might not seem like much to you, but for years I've stood over Lenoris going to South Carolina. I didn't, think, I didn't know where it would go, but I just thank God I've looked at him and told him, and I'll tell you now, it's not the last stop for him. I believe we're going to be watching him on Sundays. I'm just telling you, this is just the next step, but there's more steps. That's my faith. That's what I'm believing for. I believe that for your kids. I believe that for my kids, that they're going to excel they're going to do extremely good things. They're going to go further than you thought. Nobody's going to hold them down. Not racism, not people, not the police, not the, no, 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 not bad friends. They're going to make it. But you don't know my son's in jail. Well, when he gets out, when he gets out, when he gets out, I tell you now. Put God all over them for every month they're in there. Put the Holy Spirit on top of them and say, God, when they come out, they're going to be a word and a message and a transformation. I don't, I'm not accepting the devil taking stuff from me. He said, give no place. Give no place. Hallelujah. Oh, man. I know y'all don't understand, but you start talking about God and start talking about the goodness of God. I can't explain it, but it's, when you talk about like fire comes up, I'm feeling like a fire is burning on the inside, like there's a fire, fire coming out. Somebody get what I'm talking about. You're not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. Woo, Hallelujah.
right now. Claim it, claim it, claim it, claim your miracle. Claim your deliverance. Claim your breakthrough. Claim your outcome. Claim it's going over. Come on, claim it, claim it, claim it. Claim it, claim it. Faith is always beyond where you are. Faith is always beyond where you are. If you can do it, you don't need faith for it. What we're talking about is the stuff you can't do. Come on, somebody. Have you really believed at the point you can't do it? That's where we're asking God. That's what we're believing for. God, I can't do it. But I can do all things through Christ. Ooh, man. 